Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Travis Chapel. Travis is uh, one of the top podcasters. Um, his guest lineup is 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 admirable. Um, he also is the founder of Guest uh, Guestio uh, platform. If I incorrectly pronounce that, um, um, Travis will f- correct me. But it's a platform where. Um, guests and and can set up a profile and go on shows you know invite other sh- guests on the show um travis welcome to super entrepreneurs podcast thank you for taking the time to to meet with us and meet with the audience and myself and welcome thanks so much for having me man yeah happy to be here no no problem no problem so tell me more about guestio this platform. Yeah, Guestio is a software marketplace that connects podcast hosts, content hosts like YouTube channels or blogs or newsletters or podcasts with expert guests to interview for their content. So um, it has both sides of the marketplace in there. So if you're a guest and you're looking to get booked on shows, you can go pitch yourself on shows or pay show hosts to bring you on. Or if you're a show looking for guests, then you can go pay guests or uh, pitch guests to be on your show. So you basically negotiate that right directly with the show. Correct. Yep. So exactly. usually, usually, you know, a lot of uh, companies are out there, right? Like interview connection, and there's some other ones. Um, yep. You have to pay them uh, per episode. I think you have to buy a batch of fifteen and pay up front. You know, six, seven thousand, whatever it is, and then they uh-huh. put you on a tour. What is that uniqueness between that? I know what it is, but I want you to kind of explain it. Yeah, the difference would be because we also do that. We have an agency that mm-hmm. does the done for okay. tours as well. Um, the uh-huh. the difference is like the software you can just do it all yourself, uh, nice. and for much 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 cheaper. So we have some people using the software that have booked twenty thirty podcast appearances for ninety seven bucks a month. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the the core differentiator for us is that we like to pay show hosts. We think that people Good. who built the audiences deserve to mm-hmm. get a slice of the pie uh, rather than yes. like our agency taking all of it and paying them nothing. Yes. And that's, that's that little loophole, right? That, you know, these companies are out there, but they're not kind of sharing with the host um, amount. So with this platform, you're able to negotiate directly, deal with the host and get payment directly on your platform, correct? Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay. All you got to do is set up a Stripe Connect account, uh, which is free. Uh, you just set it up uh-huh. and then uh, name your price. People will come in, they can pitch you and then you can reply back and you can accept them for free. Awesome. You can respond for uh, and say, "Hey, pay our full booking rate," or you can respond with like some sort of a discounted booking rate um, and kind of negotiate the price inside of the activity feed in the application. Yeah, there's definitely a need for it, and I'm, I'm I'm grateful that you came up with the concept and you launched this. How long has it been out? Uh, so technically, it's been live since the beginning of 2021. Uh, okay. We- for all of 2021, we're just making a ton of feedback or making a bunch of changes based on feedback and, mm-hmm. uh, and things like that from our users. And so uh, uh, like it's been live since beginning of 2021, but really mm-hmm. I feel like we've more been kind of go to market and launch mode at the beginning of 2022. It's really been nice. uh, like it was a solid year, year and a half in product development before I felt comfortable with like actually going out and marketing it. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to set up an account. I just wanted to kind of discuss with you firsthand 
uh, yeah. on the interview about it. Right. And then, you know, you obviously bring on some high caliber guests, um, any, any kind of uh, pointers or any kind of uh, help that you could provide audience, how to gain uh, that type of a uh, guest lineup? Yeah. I mean, the short answer is you pay for it, uh, which is one of the things Guestio does. It's like a, it's like a cameo, you know, talent marketplace. You can get there yeah. and you can pay a guest to come on your show directly. Um, mm-hmm. That's the easy way. It just costs mm-hmm. money, right? Like you, you're yeah. going to, you're going to have some sort of cost. It's either going to cost mm-hmm. you time or it's going to cost you money. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have a bunch of money and not a bunch of time, then, you know, use the money. If you have a bunch of time, mm-hmm. not a bunch of money, then use the time. And so when I first got started, I didn't have a bunch of money. So I used time and uh, it took me a very long time to start getting mm-hmm. some of these people booked on my show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what, what I started to notice was that the first one was the most difficult. Mm-hmm. The third one was a little bit less difficult. The seventh one was a little bit less difficult. The 12th one was a little bit less difficult. And then it got to the point where at some point it was just like almost anybody that I reached out to would just be a yes, like almost like clockwork because we just nice. built up such strong credibility. The key mm-hmm. is like you need to be able to get people to make a decision without having to do additional research or ask additional probing questions around whether or not they should be a guest on your show. So people, mm-hmm. um, if like if they get to the stage where they're asking you what your downloads are, then you messed up your original reach out. Most people mm-hmm. don't really care. Like the the metric is not really downloads for busy people. The metric is, are you going to waste my time? Mm-hmm. So if you can answer that question before they even ask the question by providing enough upfront credibility and awareness, then they don't have to go do a Google search. They don't have to have their assistant follow up and ask about download numbers. They don't have to worry about anything else. All they do is just say yes at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, so yes. uh, it makes it a lot easier to to go get those yeah. people on your show if you can have like a foundation of credibility from the get go, um, mm-hmm. which is why I usually recommend to people to use Guestio for like your first three to five big name guests that you can mm-hmm. leverage in your cold reach outs. Like you don't have to always pay Guestio for a constant inflow of guests, mm-hmm. but if you use if you use it for your first three to five big names, then you can leverage those big names in your cold reach out strategies and get more people to say yes a lot easier than you would have if you're starting from scratch and you don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, excellent. Because it's, it's giving them answering all the objections beforehand, right? Like with through a, a media kit and, and that kind of information. That's what we do as well. Uh, we've been blessed so far. Um, we didn't pay for any guest uh, just for one. Um, but other than that, we did not. Uh, it's been pure organic back and forth follow ups, you know, because these guys are busy too. Uh, but yeah. we definitely uh, there's a there's a few people in your lineup that I would love to have on the show. So definitely, I'm sure they're on Guestio already, um, and that's why I would love to to join that that platform. It was really exciting when I saw that what you did because um, uh, there's this this industry is growing right. Like it's it's <laughs> like if you're in business and you don't have a podcast or so you're not coming in front of the camera or your voice speaking to people and, and sharing your knowledge you know nowadays people are, are are striving for that connection right yeah totally yeah that you yeah. i think you're setting yourself up for failure if you're not creating yeah. content especially if, if, if you have a, like an online business right like if you're like a local chiropractor maybe it's not as yeah. important for you but uh mm. but yeah if you if you sell online you can sell in any state and ship anywhere or you yeah. are selling SaaS or info products or you know, where you don't have a high, you know, cost of goods sold, uh, then, then, and, and you're not creating content. I think that, I think you're doing yourself a disservice and I think you're yes. going to make, I think you're going to make future prospecting just as difficult as 
current prospecting. Yeah. Whereas when you have content that's out there working for you, it becomes easier over time because that attention compounds. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. You know, I was very camera shy before and, and, and stuff, but then after I, st- I started noticing, I got so addicted to it, meeting people. I love meeting people, right? But it's yeah. different when you're on camera and like be recorded. So that yeah. was, a, was a turning point. You had to kind of fight it. There's a lot of mindset stuff involved in this, right? In your journey, um, have you worked on your mindset or were you always like you were always on fire uh, trying to get to, to your goals? No, absolutely. It worked on my mindset. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if anybody's born with like the correct no. mindset from the beginning. I think that obviously if you grow up in uh, abundance or affluence, then it's easier for you to visualize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, cause you've experienced it to a certain extent, but if you grow up in a normal household, like most of us, yes, like you, you, you're used to just seeing most people not really have much and you're used to mm. not seeing anybody do extremely well. And like, mm. like you're used to being like the level of success that you're looking at is, whoa, that person makes six figures. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so if, if your mindset is six figures is a lot of money, then seven figures is an impossible amount of money. You know what I mean? Like you have yes. to work on your mindset if you want yes. to be able to evolve into somebody that you never had any examples of, of you know, seeing or interacting with when you grew up yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because you don't even really realize what's possible or how it's possible or what the steps are to get there. You know, I always thought it was mm. growing up. I always, I always thought, you know, it's possible to, to become a millionaire, but only if you get extremely lucky, like you have to like invent yeah. Angry Birds or Facebook in order to become a millionaire, or you got to invent this new gadget, or you got to like, the, I always thought of the breathe right strip guy that, 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 uh, you know, he was an inventor and that was his first thing that ever took off is he invented the breathe right strip that you put on your nose mm. and like opened your yes. nostrils, allows you to breathe better or whatever. But that one thing made him a ton of money or the guy that invented the pool noodle made millions of dollars on yeah. selling the essentially a floating piece of styrofoam <laughs> that you put yeah. in your pool. You know, I always thought it kind of had to be that way. I didn't, I didn't think that mm. it was, I didn't think that it was just like a duplicatable, repeatable process. If you're willing to put in work, time, effort, energy, and invest into yourself and your knowledge and your connections. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, I didn't view it as like a duplicatable roadmap, like a, a blueprint that you could get there. I thought you just had to get kind of lucky. And so I do a lot of work around my mindset around like what was possible for me and, uh, and, if it was possible for me and reframing my mind to believe that, that it was possible before it happened. And that's, that's a, a lot of work to do when, when you're starting mm. from, from not really seeing much of that, you know, growing yeah. up. Yeah. I can relate to that. Like for me, there were those infomercials uh, late night, you know, I would, I always wanted to be in business, right? So I would see these guys on, on Delegate Yachts and <laughs> these things, and I would say, wow, how did they come up with this? Oh, what I got to invent something. I got to invent something. Inventing is the only way. And you're right. You know, once you reprogram your inner world, your exterior starts translating into that programming. It's just so beautiful how the process works. And there's so many people that are struggling with this. I actually had a call earlier. Um, she was... Uh, she she booked an appointment with me, like to to set up a, a, a something, a business. But she was so out of it, like the mindset, everything was like, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I try to help, say I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. Like I just, just give me a week. I just don't. So this kind of stuff is so common right now outside that that it feels that if in our position, for example, all we want to do 
is we're trying to find ways to serve these people and bring that awareness, right? And and podcasts and creating this kind of podcast, a networking podcast, you get in front of more people, get their attention and sharing that to the masses where they can also find solutions within, right? Totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. it allows, I think the great thing about podcasting is it allows people access to those conversations that they would have yeah. never had before, where that, that was what it was for me when I started listening to podcasts. It was, it was hearing stories of people who had been where I was and had gone where I wanted to go, even though they started where I was or even worse than I was. Yeah. You know, People who like just crazy stories. That, and then when I started my podcast and started interviewing a bunch of people, it was the same thing. You, you interview people who have this crazy story of like dumpster diving and homeless and you know, they're, they're immigrants. They don't even speak the language. They're pulling out their shirts from the dumpster because they can't afford to buy a new one. And like, then they're running a $100 million business within yeah. like 15, 15, 20 years of that. And it's like, oh, interesting. So like, you yeah. do have the ability to create change in your life if you're willing to put in the, this, the, the work to make it happen. You don't have to accept what you were given. You can create more, which is, which is obviously... All, all in your mind. It's the all battles, you know, started and end one in your mind. Yes. Can you share one of your, your worst failures and one of your best wins? I mean, there's so many failures, dude. It's not even, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. Failures and successes. <laughs> it's, it's just like, uh, something uh, so memorable that came. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably one of them was the first time we ever did a. Um, so I, I, on the side of kind of some of the stuff that we do, um, we do a little bit of real real estate investing with my parents, and mm-hmm. with the first deal that we ever did that was out of state in a market that we're unfamiliar with, we jumped in, took action, bought it, and uh, we didn't have the right intel. We we ran the numbers by two or three different agents, but they just must not have known this like particular mm-hmm. subdivision very well. Mm-hmm. And so when we flipped the property, we thought the we thought the the ARV, the after repair value, would have been closer to like four hundred thousand. And then after we put in all the work in the property, it ended up being at like three hundred and thirty thousand. So like Ooh. literally our entire profit that we had yeah. built in was completely eroded, and we had to we had to turn it into a rental property because we didn't want to offload it and lose thirty grand because we had put like seventy five thousand in the renovation. And uh, so we did as a rental for like a year, year and a half. Like in retrospect, obviously, we wish we would have kept it longer because we would have made a yeah. profit. Like it's probably selling for over 400K now um, mm-hmm. in that particular market. But uh, like when COVID hit, nobody knew what was happening. And so we were like, we, it's an out of state property. It's going to be difficult to go visit. It, like there's just so many unknowns that we were just like, hey, we can sell it now and only lose like five grand or 10 grand. You know, and you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen to the market. It the could time. collapse. So we, mm-hmm. we got rid of it and we ended up losing. I, I don't know. Uh, I want to say we lost like five to 10,000 bucks a piece, me and, and our, and my, and my parents on that deal. Yes. And it was one of the only deals we ever lost money on. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a, it was definitely a failure. And it was, it was a bummer at the time because we thought that mm-hmm. we were going to make so much money on it. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, if we would have kept it now, we probably, probably would have made a healthy profit on it. But, you know, can't predict the oh, future. So, so, yeah, it's a wise decision. Whatever happened, happened. And it's great. It could have been a lot worse, right? So, it's, totally. it's great that, that, yeah. So, what, what was the one thing that you took from that um, as a learning? Because failures are just basically, uh, you know, success tax, right? Like, we just, we have to go pay it. 
And then we get to someplace. What did you get gain from it? Not don't invest where you don't know, uh, because mm. like I, I am not a full time real estate investor. So if we're going to do deals in areas where, so like my dad is in a is a real estate agent where I grew up in Southern California. Mm. So mm. any deal he brings to the table in his market, I'm always okay with putting money in those deals because I know that he knows that market backwards and front, mm. and he's been doing it for 20 years over there, and uh, he's been mm. an agent over there for 20 years. And so mm. like when we find a deal in that market, let's do a deal. But if unless I'm going to put more time, effort, and energy into learning a new market, then I'm not going to invest my money in those other markets unless it's with somebody that knows that market really well. So Very that was good. that was one of those one of those takeaways for sure. Like I don't have to That's be the awesome. expert if I have some yeah. extra money and I want to make some money mm-hmm. in real estate, I can just go give it to somebody, a friend of mine who does a bunch of stuff in real estate, which is more of our our kind of our mo now is like save up some money write a check to somebody else who does real estate full-time and then kind of reap some of the benefits. They take some of the profits, but then I don't have yeah. to go learn all the numbers and, and uh, take the majority of the risk on myself. Yeah. No. Wise learning from there. Um, what about your best win? Um, probably one of like my best wins was my first ever six-figure month. Nice. And it was it was it was one of those mind stretching moments where you know in your mind that it again we talk about mindset we, you know in your mind that it's possible you have i have i had plenty at that point i had been in a, enough masterminds to have plenty of friends who were doing six figure months i had never done one and you start to question whether or not it's possible for you but i just kept taking like big risks over and over again that most people probably wouldn't have like so we threw a live event this was in at the end of 2019. Never thrown a live event before. We threw a live event, and uh, we were we were paying a lot more money than most people would be paying for live events at the level that we were at. So, like most people are just going to like rent out a hotel ballroom, get some like nasty chicken in the lunch lines, and like you did it right. It's seven grand out the door, and they're mm-hmm. done for like the full event. We decided to do our event at Top Golf, and so we rented out the entire meeting good. space at Top Golf. Mm-hmm. They brought in good food. We rented out all of the golf bays during like a two-hour mm-hmm. lunch, so people could network and play golf during lunch. Mm-hmm. We ended up spending forty grand on the event, where we probably could have spent, like I said, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we made like thirty-eight on ticket sales and sponsorships oh. leading up to the event. So by the time Perfect. we started the event, we were almost break even. Yeah. And then I sold from stage, which is the first time I ever sold from stage. So obviously, all mm-hmm. of it was just like, I think this is what we can do. I have no idea if it's going to work, but I think this is what we can do. So mm-hmm. spent the 40 grand, ended up making 38 back by the time we started the event, and then, uh, and then sold a $12,000 mastermind, and we filled it up. We Beautiful. did like 200 and something thousand dollars in that weekend. Um, we ended up refunding like three people afterwards that it's got okay. cold feet. And so yeah. we ended up probably around like 150 or so for, great, for, the, for, the, for the weekend or whatever in, in revenue. And it was the first time where I was like, holy shit, it worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the thing, yeah. like, I, I, I put, like I did the work, I invested in myself, I learned from the right mentors, I mitigated my risk as much as possible, but I still took the big risk in paying this amount of money. Like when I was dropping 40K in an event, we probably had like 75K in my operating account. Like it was... Yeah. A, a pretty big risk to put that yeah. much money down. Um, so to see that it was like, oh, oh, it, it really worked. It like did the thing Amazing. that it was supposed to do that we planned for it to do. Um, it was a big like 
deposit in the confidence bank to be like, okay, amazing. Now yes. let's like go try to do this again. You know, amazing round of applause. You deserve <laughs> it, my friend. That's awesome. I love hearing these stories. By the way, like it just. It's so incredible, you know, like every individual has their own little journey, little stories, right? So it's, it's really nice to get that, bring that out to the surface so other people can hear and learn from it, right? And that step that you took made a huge difference in your inner world. Like you said, like the confidence level, <sighs> it just changes everything, right? Um, what was your, what was your uh, takeaway from there, from that, that big win? Uh, that if you want to get to the next level, you have to act like the next level before you get yes. there. Yes. Uh, which which was a a big a big learning for me because everybody wants to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk to people, you know, it's like yeah, yeah I want to make. I want to a, like a hundred thousand a year, a quarter million a year, a half a million a year, a million a year, whatever level you're at now, like level up a little bit. But then. when you explain to them some sort of a roadmap to get there, that's when they start being like, well, I I don't know, or, you know, oh, right now is not a good time. And excuses start to proliferate. And what I realized at an event like that, like I said, was that if if I wanted to be somebody that was making a million dollars a year that had a like seven-figure business, and I had to start thinking like a seven-figure business owner, even though I wasn't yes. making seven figures a year yet. That's it. So dropping 40K on an event when I didn't necessarily have the budget to be able to do that, like I barely had the budget, but I didn't know, I didn't know that I was going to sell ticket, enough tickets and sponsorships to pay it off before we got to the event. I didn't know that when I was putting the money out for it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I didn't mm. know how many people were going to... Yeah buy from stage or anybody. I didn't know if anybody was going to buy from stage. I didn't know any mm-hmm. of that stuff. That was all unknowns. Mm-hmm. So dropping 40 grand when I only had like 70 in my account or whatever it was, I don't remember the exact number, um, was a massive risk for me. Of but course. I was trying to think of it as like, if I were running a seven-figure business, would 40 grand yeah. be a lot? And that answer was no, it wouldn't be. So I have to be able to make the decision of the level yes. that I'm trying to get on if I want to get to that level. Because you can't just act the same way that you're acting now and expect for it to achieve no. different results. No. It's just going to keep achieving the same results that you've always been achieving. The only mm. way to get better results is to do better things or different things and mm. be willing to take the risks of somebody who's at the level above you. And, uh, mm. and, and that, that's something that you know kind of taken away into multiple aspects of my life now. Like in this mastermind that I'm in now, I actually happen to be wearing a shirt with the logo on it, um, 100 Million Mastermind. Is, oh um, yes, I heard of them. Yeah, it's a uh, mm-hmm. it was a hundred thousand dollar mastermind. When mm-hmm. I bought into that mastermind, it was one of those moments again where it was like, this is a lot of money for me for for a mastermind. A um, hundred thousand dollars for a single mastermind, like that's 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 stretching it by like double what I ever thought I would pay for a mastermind. And but I started thinking about it, and I was like, the people in this in this group are people that are doing seven eight. And a lot of them nine figures. It's called the hundred million yep. because all of the mm-hmm. instructors that yes. get up in front of you have done a hundred million plus in revenue mm-hmm. and views and sales, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I get around those people, those people look at a hundred grand like it's nothing. Right. So if I mm-hmm. want to in the future be able to look at a hundred grand like it's yeah. nothing, then I have to begin at some point treating it like it's not that big of a deal if I lose it. Mm-hmm. 
If I yeah. invest the money and I lose a hundred grand, I have to reframe my mind to think about the, it's not about the money. It's about the time that I save. I can go regenerate yeah. the money. Money is replenishable. It is a regenerative asset. You can go get more of it if you lose some of it. Time, you can't. So if I can invest a hundred grand to save myself two, three, four, five years of a learning curve, two, three, four, five years of relationship building and networking to get around all these people and learn all these things from these people, if I can invest this money to get all of that time back, it seems like it would be a good investment. And even if it goes south, I have to start framing my mind to think about a hundred grand not being that much money if it's something that helped me achieve the goal that I had in my mind from the start. And that, that was difficult to do. I'm not sitting here pretending like I was just like, oh, let's of do course. it. It took me like four yeah. months to make the decision and like yeah. lost a little bit of sleep over it because it was so much money and I had a little anxiety and butterflies in my stomach and all that stuff. But like at the end of the day, everything good in my life has always been on the other side of something uncomfortable. Yeah. If you are only ever going to stick in that comfort zone, then you can't achieve anything outside of what you're currently capable of achieving, which isn't that much. It's all mindset, right? When you're elevated, when you're coming from that place that you already have it and you make decisions from that place, you're taking actions from that place. Everything that you're operating as is from that place. So you start seeing the results from that place. I would love to know my next question would be is that um, who were your mentors? You mentioned so many, mentors. So like many three, along the way. Two or three of them. Top. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the first ones was uh, John Lee Dumas. Uh, from okay. uh, his podcast is Entrepreneur on yeah. Fire. Um, so when mm -hmm. I like, I'm a big believer in finding mentors that do the thing that you really want to do yeah. rather than just That's like generic key. mentors that do generic things that like, if you're trying to tackle a certain thing, go find somebody who does that thing and they yes. do it at an excellent really level. Mm -hmm. So when I started podcasting, I was like, John Lee Dumas makes over a million a, a year directly from his podcast, which there's not mm -hmm. many people that can say that like just in mm -hmm. sponsorships, he'll make a million a mm -hmm. year just mm -hmm. directly from his podcast. Then you add in like affiliate mm -hmm. revenue, some other things like he does extremely mm -hmm. well. And 95% of his revenue ties in directly to his podcast, which is, is very mm -hmm. rare. Mm -hmm. It's over a million downloads a month, interviewed all yeah. the people I wanted to interview. And so I was like, this is the guy. So yeah. he kind of became my first mentor. Um, and, uh, and frankly, he's been a mentor kind of ever since. And he's now he's an investor and partner in my software company, which is kind of a cool, cool um, like full circle awesome. moment. Uh, but then a couple other ones would be like Dan Fleischman, uh, who's the one of the co-founders of the 100 Million Group. Um, I look up to Dan for a lot of different things, uh, especially for um, uh, investing and uh, how to spend your time and things like that. Um, and then, uh, and I mean, so many others along the way. Joel, no Joel Marion, the other co-founder, is is a mm -hmm. is a is another person I look up to a lot. A friend mm -hmm. of mine, Sharon Srivatsa. Sold a three and a half billion dollar real estate company, and now is uh, in a uh, uh, partner at a hedge fund. Somebody I look up to a lot of friend Sam Ellis, who is a CTO at a growing software company. That's uh, one of my mentors with my software company. Um, there's so many people that I turn to for for awesome. advice. That's great. You know, without mentorship, it's such a tough journey. You know, yeah. and and that's the key: finding what someone is doing really well that you want, pay them because it's their right. They deserve it. They need, they you know, it. you got to pay for it. Yeah, deserve it. They did it. Give them what they're asking for, you know, like give them what they need and transfer that knowledge, get their guidance, get to that place. I don't know what will happen. I don't know if I would be where I am without mentors. Like mentors is, is, is everything, everything. Yeah, it's so a shortcut, I'm so grateful. Man. Yeah, it's a shortcut, especially time. Like you said, 
you know, as time is limited, right? You want right. to invest right. and bring that time uh, more in our favor. Um, exactly. I do appreciate your time, Travis. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If you have any kind of final words for the audience that you would like to share, please go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, we'd love to connect with anybody. Uh, thanks for checking this, ch- checking the show out. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for anybody who spent the time with us who are still with us at the end of this. Uh, we'd love to connect with you guys and, and help out wherever I can. Just TravisChapel.com, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Head over there. I'll find my social links, email, everything like that over on my website. So TravisChapel.com, reach out and we'll chat. Awesome. Yeah. you, uh, Travis, you definitely seem like someone has a open door policy and it's great to have you on the show. I'm hoping anybody in the audience that's looking for guidance, Travis is your guy. Um, get in touch with him. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me uh, on our show here. And um, I wish you all the best for the future. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for having me. 